Hello and welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast, where we desire to see a world transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ. If you have a story to share about how God is working in your life, you can send a message to info at mycrossroads.co. Now, let's get our hearts and minds ready for a powerful message from God's Word. Only Pastor Lowell could come up with a great title like that. I love that guy. (laughs) Yes. Sometimes believing in miracles, it feels like it's easier to believe that pigs could fly, doesn't it? Is, am I the only person in the room that might feel like that some days? You gotta, I think I'm going to turn up for that one too. I don't care where I am. I might come back for that. That's a series I could do well to learn from. Good morning and g'day to everybody today. It's great to be here. Let's just celebrate dads, can we? Yay! Gosh, God is good. He is always good. I got a couple of books here. My wife wrote an amazing book there a little while back called The Boardroom of the Inner Man. We're going to give these to dads today. We're going to call it The Boardroom of the Inner Dad. So what we're going to do is going to ask about who might be the youngest dad. Who's got a little one that is uh, 12 months old or less? Got any dads here that have got little ones? Oh, we got one over here. Is there any other? No, I think we've made that very easy. Our lovely assistant, Jessie, is going to take the book down there. Come on, let's celebrate Jessie. Isn't she beautiful today? Thank you very much. Uh, right down the back there, the gentleman just in the third row across there. There we are. All right, now we're going to the other end of the spectrum. Who is the oldest dad? In other words, the dad with the most wisdom. So let's see, where will we start? Who's been a dad for 50 years or more? Oh, we got, oh, no, not quite. We got any down the back there? Oh, over the back there, did I see a hand? Oh, yes, I see it right down there. Any more, 50 years or more? No, I think we got it. That's very easy this time around. So if you head down there, the gentleman will be waving his hand at you. Thank you very much, Jesse. Come on, let's give it up for Jess. <laughs> Woo! She's done great again today. Let's just stop and pray a minute and God is going to take us somewhere. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you are the perfect Father. And Lord, that has not been the experience of many people's earthly fathers because frankly, no father is perfect. But there have been fathers that have indeed operated it deeper levels of brokenness than others and have left wounds and scars and this morning Father's Day may be a bit of a thorn in the side but as we stop as we reflect and we remember that we see this picture of family that you gave us to help us understand the relationship between this triune God and that is that picture of Father, Son and Holy Spirit we see a picture of perfection. We see a picture of a father of always perfect love. We see a picture of a father who is indeed good. And so today we align ourselves again with that reference point and we celebrate fatherhood and we thank you that you are the perfect example of what fatherhood is. And so today, as we gather around your word, we ask that by Holy Spirit, you would realign our hearts and our minds into alignment with your best for us. In Jesus' name, we all said, 
Amen. Five of us said amen. We all said amen. Yes, we did. Thank you, Lord. You know, when you become a dad, I learned something. And one is, is you get some rites of passage. And one of those rites of passage when you become a dad is the right to say if-then statements. Oh, they're fun too. Um, let's see, where's a, where's a good place to start? Um, oh, if the batteries in the remote are dead, then it will not work no matter how hard you try and bash it. Am I the only dad who's ever felt that? Yeah, I say there's a few dads going, I want to be able to say that in my family as well. Um, Here's another one. Um, if you misbehave, then you will be grounded. Say that with a big smile on your face, dads. Or what about this one? If you keep poking the cat, it will try and tear your arms off. Or if you don't put oil in your car, then it will stop. Yes, there's, a, there's someone down there that can relate to that one. Exactly. If, then statements. There was one if, then statement that I was told. My dad had seven kids and I'm the youngest. They always say the best till last. And um, there were four boys and three girls. So he was pretty good at raising boys. He knew what to do. We grew up in the country. So, you know, we were, we were pretty rough and tumble kind of lads. And we used to do a lot of hunting and fishing and shooting. And he used to say to us, you know, hey, when you're shooting, be really careful when you're shooting rabbits and foxes and things like that, never to shoot while you're aiming at water because if it misses the fox or the rabbit or whatever and that bullet hits the water, it's like a skipping stone. It'll bounce straight off there and it can bounce and come straight back at you. Yeah, 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 we know what you're talking about, Dad. Well, this one day I decided I needed to sight my rifle in. And what better place to sight it in on than a little float valve that was sitting in the middle of a pond. I could hear my words of my dad, and I'm thinking, he doesn't know a thing he's talking about. And I lined that thing up, and I went, pop, and it came back at me at the speed of light. I just heard, as that bullet shot straight back over my head. You see, my dad was giving us if-then statements to try and help us not suffer consequences that were really unnecessary. But we tried as boys to press the boundaries. But he also gave us if-then statements that were positive things to help us get the most out of life. Some sounded like this. If you work hard and love well, things will likely go good for you in the land. That's a pretty good if-then statement. Another one was something like this. If you look at all the ingredients that make up the options before you, then you are less likely to make half-baked decisions. Very helpful piece of wisdom, if-then statement. Another one, if you are humble enough to say you don't know something, then you are wise enough to find someone who can get you the answer. Probably my favorite one is this, though. If you want to go somewhere that you've never been before, then listen to someone who has been there before you and you will likely find the quickest way. If then. You see, I've learned in life that every single person carries a there that they're going toward. That, that we're, we are here, we're going there, and we're not quite there yet. And, and when we're there, if we can listen to people who have been there, it actually helps us with this giant gap in between. It can save us years, it can save us heartache, it can save us hardship. 
But the other curious thing is as we've had chance to minister to people all across this world is that we see that the there is very similar no matter what race or culture or creed that we find ourselves immersed in. Let me try this out on you. Some of the commonalities, now the specifics of this there will look different, but the commonalities are are in the pot. Things like, I want my kids to be blessed. Is that something that most of you would say, you want that to be a there? Yeah, of course. Any any loving, self-respecting parent would go, of course, that's what I want for my kids. Um, Another there is, I want to see uh, a production and prosperity for the work of my hands. I mean, none of us want to just go through the grind, the grind, the grind. We all want to see that we're moving somewhere. That's, that's part, of the, part of the there. Another part of the there is that if people come against me, that they have little impact on my life. I want to be so wise and so insightful that I, that I can minimize when people choose to come against me for whatever reason. That's a there that most people will have. Another one is this, Uh, the there is that I want to live in a safe city and in a prosperous nation that's doing well because then it's good for the generations that follow after me. Uh, Another there is that I want to see God glorified through my efforts. Uh, I want to see good things lavished upon the people that I love or I want to have some say over the decision making regarding my future. These are all theirs that are common to humanity. But here's the thing, if we are here and we want to go there, then it makes perfect sense that we listen to someone who has already been there. Now, as many good things come out of the Bible, one of the good things that comes out of the Bible is the name of God that is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. In other words, he's already there. So, if we are here and we want to get there, then it makes perfect sense that we learn how to listen to his voice as we seek to get to our there. We're going to read today from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28. I'm going to read from verse 1 through 14, and I'm going to read in um, Mac 4 Australian, so get ready, because this is a pretty lengthy piece of scripture. But but as I read through it, you're going to see that some 3,000 years ago, these people had a very similar there to um, to the there that you have as well. So let's start, verse 1 of 28 in Deuteronomy. If you listen, let's say that word, if you listen obediently to the voice of God, your God, and heartily obey all his commands that I command you today, God, your God, will place you on high, high above the nations of the world. All these blessings will come down on you and spread out beyond you because you have responded to the voice of God, your God. That assumes something, that God is speaking. It also assumes something else, that you can hear his voice. Here it is. God's blessing inside the city will be yours. God's blessing in the country. God's blessing on your children, the crops of your land, the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds, the lambs of your flocks. God's blessing on your basket and bread bowl. God's blessing in your coming in. God's blessing in your going out. God will defeat your enemies who attack you. They will come in on one road and run away on seven. God will order a blessing on your barns and workplaces. He'll bless you in the land that God, your God, is giving you. God will form you as a people holy 
only to him, just as he promised you, if you keep the commandments of God, your God, and live the way he has shown you. All the peoples of the earth will see you living under the name of God and hold you in respectful awe. God will lavish you with good things, children from your womb, offspring from your animals, and crops from your land, the land that God promised your ancestors that he would give you. God will throw open the doors of his sky and vaults and pour out many nations, but you yourself won't have to take out a loan. Oops, sorry. Um, and pour out, um, pour out rain on your land um, on schedule and bless the work you take in hand. You will lend to many nations, but you yourself won't have to take out a loan. Here we are. God will make you the head and not the tail. You'll always be the top dog and never the bottom dog as you obediently listen to and diligently keep the commandments of God, your God, that I'm commanding you today. Don't swerve an inch to the right or to the left from the words that I command you today by going off and worshipping other gods. Do you know what he sounds like? Turn to your neighbour and say, neighbour, who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? I mean, let's just get our heads into this space for a second. If we are here and the desires of our heart placed by God that are consistent with the desires of the hearts of the generations that have gone before us are over over this place in there and we've got to get from here to there and God said if you listen to me you will get there then it makes it's really really important that we know what his voice sounds like. Otherwise who are you listening to? The word listen in that scripture is the word shema. And in fact, it's a, it's a title even given to earlier in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6. It's known as the shema, where Moses opens up with, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Here he says, listen, shema. What it means is to listen intelligently. Listening intelligently says that the listen, intelligent, hear, intellect, it's a connection between this floppy thing that hangs off the side of your head on both sides and this orbit that rotates between your ears. It's a connection between the ears and the brain. Now, in my adolescence, there were many times that my ears and my brain were not connected My wife might say there's been many years since where my ears and my brain weren't always connected. And I know men, I'm the only man in the room that struggled with that. Wives are nudging their husbands. (laughs) Listening intelligently. What does it mean to listen intelligently? It's to listen with an intentionality that says, I am tuned in and I am processing what I'm hearing. And Moses says, if you can do this, if you can hear and listen and know the voice of God, you will get from here over to there. And this is the quickest way. Oh, don't swerve left or right. No, it's the quickest way from point A to point B is to listen to the voice of God. And you might go, well, Mark, I know how to listen to God. I'm in church a couple of times a month on average, give or take a week. I turn up to Bible study occasionally. Dang it, I even listen to Christian radio. I know how to hear his voice. That's all I need. Occasionally I'll flip through the scriptures. We were watching Toy Story earlier this week, and if you've been around the Apple Yard family when we watch movies, 
Um, it's, it's a rather interesting kind of environment that erupts. It's rather competitive because as soon as the first people come on the screen, someone's saying, oh, that's such and such, and they were in this movie. And they're like, oh, I was going to get that. Or another one will pop in and they'll go, oh, someone will go, that's such and such, and now we're in this and this and this. Or where have I seen them before? And we'll all be thinking. It just happens naturally and organically. So we're in Toy Story and we're sitting down and we're watching and it all happens in the intro sequence and Woody's doing his thing and the boy gets the toy and Buzz ends up on the bed and Woody gets up and he looks over and he goes, and who are you? And Buzz jumps up and he goes, I'm Buzz Lightyear, Space Ranger. And I blurt out, that's George Clooney. <laughs> Jesse goes, no, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. All right, Google at 10 paces. We're going to sort this out once and for all. It astounds me how much like Tim Allen George Clooney sounds. <laughs> I would have never have picked it. Never in a million years. Here's the thing. I have never listened intelligently to Tim Allen. And when he was placed, his voice was placed in a context that was different to the one I would have thought I would have heard it in, I mistook him for someone else. You know where I'm going. We can get a measure of familiarity with the voice of God in the context of a worship event each week. But what about when we're in the traffic tomorrow morning? What about if we're in that staff meeting or board meeting, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday, and things just do not go the way we want them to go? What about Thursday or Friday, that, that bill comes in the mail that we weren't expecting and it hits us right in the solar plexus? What about maybe Saturday when a loved one or a neighbor takes offense at something we said or did? Boy, they order. Why I order? Who are they? What are they thinking? What does his voice sound like then? I astound myself over the years at how quick I can come out of a worship event where I'm going, oh, Jesus, I love you. I met you. I felt your spirit. Or, or something was, was taught and boom, it hits me right in the middle. Going, oh, I'm changing my life forever on this point. It's just got me. And it doesn't have to be six months. It doesn't have to be three months or a month, sometimes not even a week, sometimes not even a day, sometimes not even that afternoon. Something will happen and oh, I get tripped up and I'm right back to where I started again. I astound myself. Some things that happen is that it tells me that in those times, and again, maybe just hold the mirror up to your own life. As I did this for me, it, it really, was, really was quite sobering. That I thought I could hear his voice with clarity, but, but maybe, just maybe, I was hearing like a radio that was slightly out of tune. And I'd hear, yeah, today's news, it's going to be, and you see, sort of in the background. And when I've come into a worship environment, when that's how I'm hearing the voice of God, I think I've heard God with such clarity, when in actual fact, maybe all I've done is turned up the static noise. And it's only lasted long enough till the tiniest little thing trips me up and trips me over again. I wonder if I'm preaching to anybody this morning. I know I'm preaching to myself on this issue. 
You know, as we look at what it means to get there, the implications on a generation, the implications on our loved one, the implications of how we steward our time and our resources and our efforts, and that we get this phenomenal currency called time that we get to spend, and we, it's the most precious resource that we have, and we realize we've got limited time between here and there before the time on this earth departs, and we look at how important it is to realize there, then it says to me, out of all the things I do, out of all the activities I have, the thing that I must understand, the thing that I can ill afford least to get is that I can ill afford to only sort of know the sound of my master's voice. I've got to get that sucker right. I've got to spend the time, I've got to invest the time and the energy to listen intelligently, to shima, to go, oh, I'm spending the time so I can hear his voice, so I can get the quickest distance from here to there. Because this there, this is what he's called me to. This there, this is the desires of my heart that he placed in. This there is how I get to impact my family, my friends, my city, my nation, this generation who are you listening to some of you have heard this story for those of you who have heard this story then maybe this is an opportunity for some intentional intelligent listening for those who haven't just go on a journey with me for a minute my wife and I have ministry to marketplace leaders um, all over the place and one time I was invited in to speak at a board and it was a Christian company, and there was, I don't know if it was 8, 10, 12, it's quite a few years ago now, people sitting around this board table, <coughs> excuse me, sitting around this board table. And I was asked to come and speak on a marketplace ministry and the fact that God speaks to us today. And so I thought, well, that's an easy topic, it's a passion of mine. So I, I get in there and I start talking about these things, about how God speaks to us. And the guy sitting next to the CEO was becoming increasingly agitated. I mean, he was getting twitchy, you could just tell. He was not picking up what I was putting down finally gets to a point and thankfully he had those little rolly wheels on his chair or he pushed the table so hard he would have fallen over and he just shoves his chair back from the table and he cusses up a storm he'd make a sailor blush he's and he starts cussing me out this bleep bleep guy why are we wasting our bleep bleep time we've got him here talking about bleep bleep god on this thing and that thing and god doesn't speak to us today and i bleep bleep object to spending this he's just going crazy i'm an aussie so I'm just sitting back. I come from convict stock. And I'm just sitting there, well, this is all right. I've got a dinner and a show. This is amazing. I mean, this is just, this guy's just doing his thing. And I let him finish. And I felt like just, you know, just applauding because it was just such an amazing sort of a visual display that he put on. And I said, call him Chris. I said, Chris, I want to say thank you. He goes, what? I said, I want to say thank you. He goes, what on earth are you thanking me for? I just cussed you out. I said, I know that, but I thank you because I don't have to guess what you're thinking. So I'm still trying to work out what these other blokes think. And I'm not, with you, it's all squared away. We got you sorted out. I said, but you know what? You, the fact that you went to the trouble to tell us that, I believe you owe us something. I said, I believe you owe us an explanation of how you arrived at that place and come to that decision. So I'm guessing you didn't just come into the room this morning and, and suddenly decide that. I said, tell us the story. Well, his chest pops out. He goes, yeah, I'll tell you. He's got a soapbox. So he goes on and he starts telling me things that I clearly didn't know, but everybody else in the room did know. And he talks about how his dad was the CEO and he's sitting right next to his dad, incidentally. 
He goes, my dad here said he's CEO of this company and I grew up and he drugged me to church and we did this thing and that thing and God never spoke to me and I got a girl pregnant and you know she goes and has the baby and I didn't want anything to do with that and I was in and out of alcohol rehab but they stuck me around because I was a star performer here at work in the marketplace and, and he said, you know, God never spoke to me during those times and now I'm with a girl now and I don't even know if I want to be with her and he's still not speaking to me. So I said, well, thank you again. I said, but can I give two very quick hypotheticals? He goes, yeah. I said, okay, hypothetical number one, the girl that you're with right now. Let's say you met her six months ago and you had a half-hour conversation. But from that day to this, you never spoke to her again. And here we are in the room and our backs are to the door and we're talking and she walks in and she's laughing and giggling with her friends. I said, would you know that she's walked in the room? He goes, well, no, I wouldn't know that. I said, okay, hypothetical number two, same girl, six months ago, half-hour conversation. But this time, every day between that day and this, you had an intentional half-hour conversation with her. Here we are again, our backs to the door. She walks in the room, giggling and laughing with her friends. Would you know she's walked in the room? I said, well, yeah, of course I would. So what's changed? He goes, I know what she sounds like. I said, ah, there it is. Let's just isolate that right there. I said, God has been talking to you. I actually said, screaming at you. You just don't know what he sounds like. And I said, I'll give you four letters that will change your life if you imply them, apply them intentionally every single day where you can fine-tune the sound of the master's voice. If you can't hear God, the problem is not on his end. You know, the second member of the Trinity is called the Word. That tells me that communication is pretty high on his priority list. If you can't hear God, the problem is on our end with how we are tuning into the sound of his voice. So a little bit of background on this, because I know the first time that I ever heard that God could speak to me, my defenses went up years ago. And, and so I went through a process to arrive at this place. And, and part of that was I realized that I was mixing up a couple of things. And a couple of things that I was mixing up was that there was a difference between future promises and present realities. They're two very different things, and the Bible has both of them in there. There are definitely future promises, yes, that we get, you know, the other side of earth and Jesus comes again, definitely. But then there are also present realities that we get now. And I was living with many things that were present realities, treating them as though they were future promises. And one of the ones on the top of that list is this. It's found in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6, where it says, present tense you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Uh, that's not a future promise. Now, that doesn't mean it's not going to happen in the future. It will. But it's actually a present reality. It's present tense <clears throat> that you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. So here's the reality. You are in two places at once right at this very moment. You might go, how on earth does that happen? Am I having an out-of-body experience? I'm right here and I can touch my neighbor and I'm right there. How on earth can I be in two places at once? Well, Romans 8, 16 tells us that our spirit joins with God's spirit to affirm that we are his children. That spirit to spirit, we are connected with heaven. We're here physically, absolutely, and we're very much physical beings. Just slap your thumb with a hammer, you'll soon know you're a very physical being. But at the same time, spirit to spirit, you are connected to another reality. 
Well, that raised a question for me. It's just the way this crazy Aussie mind thinks when I, when I realised that in actual fact this was a present reality, not a future promise, that I am seated with Christ in heavenly places. The next obvious question to ask was this. Heaven's a pretty big place. Where's Jesus seated? Because I need to know where I am. So I went to the Scriptures, kept looking through. I didn't have to look very far because back over in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 20, it says, He is seated at where? The right hand of the Father. Not going to be seated. Not one day he might turn up there. No, he is seated right now at the right hand of the Father. So I am seated with Christ in heavenly places and he is seated at the right hand of the Father. Guess what? I'm right with the Father and you are right with the Father as well. Right this very moment, the spirit-to-spirit connection. There we are. Not a future promise, but a present reality. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm thinking this stuff blows my mind what God's done, what he's paid for. So then, again, my mind just keeps asking questions. This is how my mind works. So I thought, well, how do these guys get along? They've been pretty close to each other for a pretty long time. Let's go back and see what Jesus says back in the Gospel of John. What do we see there? John 5 and John 12 are well-known scriptures. But Jesus says, I only do what my Father does. And I only say, only speak what my Father says. You see, Jesus is so in tune with his Father. It's no accident we're on Father's Day. He's so in tune with his Father that that when the Father just has to breathe, Jesus is already on it. When the Father just has to twitch, Jesus is right there, ready to move. And I look at that and I think, oh, Jesus is seated next to the Father, and that's the kind of relationship they've got. And he's invited me in to sit with him in that place. I can sit in and observe and eavesdrop in on the conversations of heaven. I can hear the conversation right now between the Father and the Son. He's invited me in. He goes, no, come and sit right here. I want you right here. It's not going to be just a thing that happens when you die. You actually get to be here right now because you are seated with me in heavenly places. The word seated there means situated with. It actually, it's got a, a measure of, of proximity. It's not just a, you know, a flippant translation. It's a very intentional word so that in our language we understand the significance that, you know, Julie is seated with Amy. Where are they? Right next to each other. They're right there. There's a measure of proximity. And so I thought to myself, I thought, gosh, Jesus paid a price so that I can hear God's voice because I'm here and I'm not always there yet. And he wants to, he's so good, he's so good. He wants to make the shortest possible possible pathway for me to get here, not veering from the left and the right. And, And the thing that I've got to guide me is Holy Spirit who guides me in all truth. And I can hear the voice of heaven guiding each and every step along the way. And so, best gift I can give anybody this Father's Day is four letters that will change your life. If you use these four letters with intentionality and with intelligence, you can tune in to the sound of God's voice. And it'll get you from here to there. Here's the four letters 
Four letters are. If you've got a, a pen and a piece of paper, write them down. If you don't, every person in the world has one of these. So get your notes out and write down these four letters and these four words. They will change your life. If I knew a quicker way to get you from here to there, we would have spent the last half an hour talking about that. I don't, so here it is. I Trust me, if there's a quicker way, I would have found it. This is the quickest way. These four letters will change your life. S O A. P, scripture, observation, application, and prayer. Write them down. Inscribe them on your foreheads, on your thing. Write them on the... No, actually, that's Deuteronomy 6. Same idea, same principle. I mean, you don't drop these things. Don't let them go. Employ them into your life. This is how it works. It's very simple. It's very quick. First of all, I pray when I get my Bible... I'm normally working through a, a, a biblical book or there might be a favorite passage of scripture or something like that. If you have a reading plan, just stick with your reading plan. And I pray this very, very deep and profound theological prayer. And I say, oh, Holy Spirit, speak to me through your word today. Amen. It's, it's very complicated, this whole, this whole process. Not, it's very simple. I just pray a simple prayer. Holy Spirit, speak to me through your word today. When I start to read, the usual thing starts to happen. I'm sure if we had the time for testimonies, there'd be hands popping up everywhere. And I'll read, and sooner or later, something just jumps straight out off the page at me. Can anybody testify to that when they've read the Word of God? Yeah, I've read that a thousand times, and yet here it is again. I never saw that there before. If I, as a pastor, heard, got a dollar for every time I've heard someone say, I've never seen that there before. But it's amazing how Holy Spirit uses this book to speak to us. And so what happens at that point is you stop right there and you write it out, what he's given to you. So it might be just one verse, it might be two or three, it's rarely more than that. It's usually pretty precise and to the point. I usually ask a question at that point and say, Holy Spirit, do you want me to stop or do you want me to keep reading? Because this is all an exercise in learning how to listen to his voice. He stopped me one day after the first word. I opened up my Bible, I prayed my, my big, deep theological prayer and I read and it said, but, and he goes, stop. I go, but why? He goes, exactly. I said, but what? He goes, exactly. I said, but. And he goes, exactly. I thought, I'm not saying that word again. Okay. Why would you like me to stop right there? And he goes, well, he said, I want you to call this particular journal entry Mark's Big Butts. I think I'm going to have a journal time being convicted by Holy Spirit because I had an excuse for everything. I didn't need to read any further. He'd used the Word of God to transform my heart that day by a single word. It's not about the amount that you read. It's about, are you listening to the conversation? And so the Scripture, write it out. The second thing then comes to your observation. The observation, I just ask a simple question that says, what is this Bible verse saying about itself? If I was to write it in my own words, what would I say about it? And I just write a sentence or two. I don't get too verbose. I write it very simply and just keep to a very short paragraph about what is this verse saying to about itself. Or once I have my scripture, my observation, my application is this. I ask a question, how is my life going to be different today, right now, on the basis of what Holy Spirit's just given me and the observation I've just made? This particular section, again, is only a couple of sentences, but if you read through my journal entries, you would see that that section is full of me, my, and I statements because that's the time where the laser pointer of heaven comes down on my heart and I go, wow, I really need to reconsider some things. Huh, 
my attitude towards such and such has been. You hear what I'm saying there? It's not a time to talk about others or to apply it to anyone else's life. This is a time to apply it right here. And then the P is a prayer of appropriation. It's where we put wheels on this thing to get it moving and we're seeking wisdom, insight, forgiveness, repentance, whatever it is about this thing that he's given us through this very basic entry that by this stage has only been five or six sentences is all that you've written. And here's the key point. The next part is to write a title on it. Call it something. And then with that title, you write that on a sticky note or you put that in your phone or as a reminder, whatever it might be, so that you come across that title three or four times every day. I grew up in a dairy farming community and cows chew their cuds. You'd see them chew and swallow and chew and swallow and chew and swallow as they produce milk. As you see that title three or four times throughout the course of a day, all of those words that Holy Spirit gave you come back and you digest them again. Then your day will go on and then, oh, you'll see it again. All those words will come back and they're coming back and they're coming back. And in that moment, what's happening is this, is there is a fine tuning taking place of your ability to hear the kinds of things God says, the inflections and the tones of his voice. He's always wanting to draw you in deeper, deeper, deeper into intimate connection with him. This is what Shema means. It's listening intelligently. It's taking the intentional time to hear his voice. He set it up that way. He paid the price so you can have it. He called himself the word. He called himself the truth. Propositional statements about his identity. This is who I am. And if we cannot hear his voice, the problem is not on his ends. We are here. God wants us there. In many ways, we're not there yet. How do we get from this place to this place? We follow the sound of his voice. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you that will lead you into all truth. You have the very words of God that you get to interact with intentionally so that you can fine-tune it and then realize the very things that he's placed inside your heart, that you get to have impact in your family. You get to have impact in your place of work. You get to have impact in your city, in your nation, to a generation, because that is where the voice of God will always lead you. We're going to pray. Father, with every eye closed and head bowed this morning, we come to you, Abba, Papa, Daddy. We belong to you. We know you're a good father, and a good father communicates with his kids. You're not silent. You didn't just leave this instruction book and then disappear until the whole thing washes up in the end. No. You're wanting to interact day after day after day because you're good. And you've revealed yourself as Abba, Father. There may be many reasons why we don't get intentional and intelligent about our listening. 
But this morning, God, we draw a line in the sand and we say, no more. We've got, the, we've got the desire of there in our heart. And you want us there. And you've made the way for us to get there in these different areas of our life. And it's incumbent upon us to know the sound of your voice. And so maybe those things that have been roadblocks to intimacy with you, we need to deal with. We need to not use them as convenient excuses anymore, but rather deal with them so that we can open up our hearts, our minds, our ears to hearing your voice. Abba, we belong to you. This is who we are. Your spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are your kids. This is no accident. Now we make a decision to choose to listen like we've never listened before. Maybe for some of you this morning, this is a marker moment in your history. I invite you on a 21-day challenge to say from this moment, every day, with intentionality, I'm going to listen to God's voice. I'm going to spend intentional time in the Word. You mightn't use the soap formula. It's, it's just a, it's not a deified thing. It's just a tool. You might have something else. Whatever it is, use it. Tune in the sound. So this morning, this is, could be a moment of action for you. If that's you and you go, you know what? This Father's Day, a line is drawn in the sand. I'm going to choose to listen with intentionality and intelligence to my Father's voice. I choose to each day for 21 days to develop a habit and build a new rhythm and a new habit in my life, not as a performance thing for approval, not as a religious exercise, but because I want to hear His voice better. If that's you right now, I invite you to stand. I think things done in public have a habit of translating that into the private. I invite you to stand if that's you. And there's no guilt and shame if you don't. But if that's you and you want to make a commitment before your God this day, say, God, today I, I realign things. I, there's been some, too many things I've allowed to cloud in the way. No, 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 I get it right. I, I line up with the sound of your voice because I know you've paid a high price for this so that together we can get there. Yes. Father, you've seen the commitment of your people, your children, this morning. Those that have stood this morning, Lord. And Holy Spirit, we want to pray that in those quiet places, in those busy days, that they wouldn't find something that stumbles and trips them up so they forget about this, but instead would put a daily reminder in their phones or maybe a daily reminder as a sticky note by their bedside lamp or somewhere, just something very practical that reminds them Maybe it's a calendar on a wall with red crosses on it that cross off the days, whatever it is. Go, no, I will build this rhythm in because I will hear his voice with clarity. Lord, give them wisdom and insight as they go on this wonderful journey of learning to hear your voice and follow your lead. For Abba, we belong to you belong to you. You're a good dad. Are you speaking loudly? All we've got to do 
Please listen. Thank you so much for listening to the Crossroads Church Podcast. If you would like to listen to past Crossroads Church Podcast, you can go to mycrossroads.co slash podcast. Once again, thanks for listening.